Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Praise God. So the new series uh, is just called the Holy Ghost, and this first lesson is called the Holy Ghost, what is it? The Holy Ghost, what is it? Amen. And uh, if you'd all turn or direct your attention to the uh, the screens for our opening verse, Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. Um, it says, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And in the Amplified Version, I just want to read that last part of verse 2 just for clarity. Um, And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Amen. So you'll notice that based on different versions, and even in the same version in different places, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit are interchangeable terms. Um, And so we can keep that in mind. It's not talking about something different. Um, So... So Paul, when he came across some disciples of John the Baptist, uh, he had asked them, hey, since you believed, have you received the Holy Ghost? And they said, we haven't even heard of the Holy Ghost. Or, what, you know, what, what's going on? Uh, we, we, didn't know, we don't know much about it. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. What is it? Amen. And let me give a few verses out just to, let's see. Um, Arlene, can you get John 14? verse 16 through 18, and then verse 20 and 26. So three verses, 16 through 18, and then skip to 20, and then skip to 26. Um, let's see. Terry, John 16, 7. And it's great to have Arnold with us. God, God bless him, a friend of Priscilla's. God bless him. So glad to have him. So uh, Terry, did I give it, uh, Terry, John 16, 7, and Mary... 2 Corinthians 3.17, and Imelda, can you get Colossians 1.27? Colossians 1.27. And before we get to those, I'm going to be just talking uh, a little bit about the Holy Ghost, and um, I'm going to reference several other scriptures besides these that we're going to actually read that, you, that I gave to you just now, uh, but I'm just going to give you, the, for those that might be taking notes, I'm just going to give you that scripture reference. We're also recording this so that we can put it up on the the podcast um, because there's so much involved with this. So we want to try to just get introductorily get uh, get familiar with the Holy Ghost uh, and and what is it this first this first uh, lesson. So to understand the Holy Ghost, we gotta understand who God is a little bit. What, you know, and, and when we read the Bible, we find out that God is absolutely and undeniably one. 
And this one God is invisible uh, and an indivisible spirit. You can't you can't separate them out. You can't divide them up, and you can't see him in his spirit form. Colossians one fifteen tells us that he's invisible. Amen. Um, now God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus told us that. John 4.24 tells us that. So he's a spirit. Amen. That's, that's, and that spirit is not just, uh, you know, can be put in like that container right here on the platform or even in a big water tower. I mean, that spirit is huge. That spirit fills heaven and earth. Amen. Indivisible, one, uh, powerful, uh, invisible spirit. It fills heaven and earth. Jeremiah 23, 24 tells us that. Now, this one God manifests himself in many different ways. And, in fact, there's many manifestations of God in the Bible. Um, there's, there's more than just three that, that are the most prevalent or popular to refer to, which is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But there's so many more manifestations than that uh, to, to understand that God, you can't divide God up into separate personalities and all this kind of stuff. Really, there's one God who's indivisible, but he manifested himself to mankind in many different ways. Amen. And the three major ways was Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So they weren't three persons of God, but rather three distinct manifestations of the one God. Now, a natural example of this is H2O, which we know as more commonly as water, right? Now, H2O exists in three forms, but it doesn't change the fact that it's all H2O. It is liquid, it is solid, and it is gas. And we know that most of the time, when when it is a between when it is between a certain temperature range, though it might be really really cold, like it's really good on a hot cold day, or really really hot for nice hot tea, then water is liquid. Uh, but then when it gets solid, it's when it gets below 32 degrees, it freezes and it's a solid. When it gets uh, over over a certain temperature, uh, where it's 220 degrees, whatever the temperature of boiling is. Then you put it, like we, we put the tea, tea kettle on on Sunday mornings for tea. Then it turns into a gas, which is steam. But that steam is still H2O. And that ice is still H2O. And that water is still H2O. It is different manifestations of the one thing that serves a particular purpose. You know, steam serves a purpose. You know, like humidifiers, it's steam. What do you need that? Like when that, right now everybody's all stuffed up and, you know, hacking with all this weather and stuff. You get a humidifier going, ah, it breaks things up. And steam, they have steam rooms and steam baths and, and, you know, steam, you can, you know, steam, steam on your iron and it, it, it takes the wrinkles out. And there's all kinds of, there's purposes for it. You know, ice is for, you know, all kinds of things. Before there was refrigerators, they had ice boxes, and there literally was ice in there, right? That was the olden days where, you know, the ice truck would come with the big, you know, and the guy would come and drop off your ice to, you know, that you want to keep your food not frozen, but refrigerated for up to a week or two when you had a really good ice box. And so all of those things, that's kind of a good example of the one God manifested himself in three different unique ways. He was God 
he was father in creation and father of the nation of Israel as we look through the Old Testament times. He was God as the son in redemption in bringing back mankind to himself. He had to manifest himself in human form. Amen. To, to redeem, to, to die for us, to bleed for us. Amen. And then God manifests up as the Holy Ghost in regeneration, bringing us back to God. So Jesus died for us and he bled for us uh, so that we could be forgiven. And then he also manifests himself as the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, so that he could live inside of us and keep us clean and keep us on the right direction. Amen. But all the one God, all the same God manifests himself in different, different ways. Amen. And, and the Holy Ghost was also very, it's also very, um, uh, instrumental, not only in regeneration, but renewal. And it was a major force behind the church. Really, you know, the church is the body of Christ and what keeps the church together and what keeps the church moving is the Holy Ghost. If we didn't have the Holy Ghost in the church, we just have a, you know, we might as well just have an Elks Club or, you know, or, you know, Rotary Club or, you know, whatever all these clubs they have, you know, and it, that'd be fine, but it wouldn't be something great and supernatural. Now, the Holy Ghost is compared to and likened unto different things, you know, uh, in the Bible, metaphorically speaking. Um, in John 3, verse 8, it's likened unto the wind. The, you know, the Spirit is the wind, and you can't see it, and you don't know where it's coming or where it's going, but you can feel it, and you can hear the sound of it when it comes in contact with something. And that's the key to the Holy Ghost, that manifestation of God. It's specifically tailor-made to when it, to come in contact with mankind and do great things through through us and in us. Amen. In John 7, 38, the Holy Ghost is likened unto rivers of living water. So it gives us an idea. So it's wind, and it's like a river of living water. This spake he of the Holy Ghost that they that believe on him should receive. Amen. So very important. And the Holy Ghost is likened unto a fire, too. And I don't know if we, you know, a lot of people, I don't want fire. I like the wind, and, you know, and I like the... The, the Russian, you know, the, the, the river, the rivers of living water, but I don't know about the fire, but he said in Matthew chapter three, verse 11, that there's one, and John the Baptist told everyone, he said, Hey, I'm not the Christ. He I'm just the forerunner. I'm just preparing the way, but there's one coming after me who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that fire is not a bad thing. If fire, fire brings conviction so that we feel you know, uh, that we're supposed to feel uh, bad if we do something against the God or whatever. And, that, and, and it also, fire will burn out the stuff that shouldn't be in our lives. Amen. The Bible talks about wood, hay, and stubble in 1 Corinthians, that when we're tried by fire, the fire of the Spirit, when we go through that fire, you know, the stuff that supposed to be gone, that won't make it on the other end is that wood, hay, and stubble stuff. But when we have the, the lasting things, when we have the gold and the silver and the precious jewels, when that goes through the fire, it gets refined, it comes out better on the other side. That's the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. And then the Holy Ghost is also likened unto oil. So all of these things, 
The anointing, the anointing oil we talked about in the Old Testament when, when, when the, the prophets and the priests, they poured oil. They used to use like hollowed out ram's horns to pour oil in and they would just pour it on the priest's head and it would run down from the top down, signifying that the anointing and the blessing and the Spirit of God comes from the top down and goes over us. Amen. And you remember here in the, the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, verse 3 and 4, and it said that there were five wise and five foolish, and they all had lamps, but only the wise had oil in their lamps. And so when it was time for the bridegroom to come, they were ready to go, and they were able to go in. But the other ones, they didn't have any. They had to scramble, and it ended up they missed, they missed the boat. So that, that we got to keep oil. See, the, the vessel is us, and the oil goes inside of us. And what makes the vessel special is the oil. The valuable thing in the vessel is the oil. Amen. And, you know, the first time we are introduced to the Holy Ghost in the Bible, you would think is got to be somewhere in the Old Testament, you know, somewhere in those, you know, because... There's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. There's got to be the mention of the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit in that terminology in the Old Testament. But did you know you will not find the phrase Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit in the Old Testament at all? And, and that is a key in understanding the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the first time we're introduced to the Holy Ghost is in Matthew chapter 1 when we find that the Holy Ghost overshadowed a little virgin girl named Mary and she conceived and brought forth her firstborn son who was called Jesus, the Son of God. That's the first mention of the Holy Ghost in the, new, in the Bible at all. And it was in Matthew 1. Now the Holy Ghost is a unique manifestation of God for a specific purpose. Just like I was talking about the water and all of its manifestations. So, you know, uh, God manifests himself as the Holy Ghost for a specific purpose. And, um, God's Spirit, when it's, re- when it's referred to the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, when it comes in contact with mankind in a special way. Amen. And we see that only happening in the New Testament. You know, during the, you know, the transition period into this whole new grace dispensation and Jesus and the church, the Holy Ghost has comes on the scene and we find a lot about it. Um, the Holy Ghost is our comforter. You know, what, what, cause we're talking about what is the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Ghost is our comforter. John 14, 26. And, and, and who doesn't like a comforter? Who doesn't like it? Just a comforter on the bed, wrapping around in like weather like this, with a that hot cup of your favorite Joe or whatever, and reading a book or you know doing something or just taking a nap, you know. Uh, and that same verse, John fourteen twenty six, says the Holy Ghost is our teacher. So you know, the, these things I'm going to read to you just want me to uh, uh, you know get me excited about having the Holy Ghost in my life because these are things that we need. In life, especially in the day we're living in. John 16, 13 tells us the Holy Ghost is our guide. And it's nice to have a guide because I don't know about you, but I, I don't always know where I'm going every day. Sometimes I go places I, 
And I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about spiritually. We face things we never faced before. And, you know, when, when, if you don't have a GPS, and I know everybody has them now, but, you know, if you're going somewhere for the first time and you don't even know where you're going, then, you know, you're trying to rely on directions. It's at night. You're trying to read street signs. You're uncomfortable because you don't know where you're going. It's always nice to have a guide. Amen. The Holy Ghost helps us understand the Bible. And that's what's, what's beautiful about it. Second Peter 1, 20 and 21 tells us, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. And we know that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16, it's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for correction, for reproof, for instruction and in righteousness. It's wonderful. Praise God. And it's given by inspiration of God. The Holy Ghost inspires because it's the author. Amen. Of, of the Bible. Praise God. Now, the Holy Ghost also helps us pray. I don't know about you, but I don't always know how to pray like I should. I don't know what to pray for. I might have my prayer list. I might have my, you know, just off the top of my head, you know, yeah, my wife and my daughter aren't feeling good, and, you know, situations at work, or, you know, Lord, this finance, or what this situation, or bless those folks at church, or whatever, and then, you know, all you can think about, but sometimes you you run out of things to pray about, or you're not sure, or sometimes you have just, you have a burden, you feel like you got to pray for something, but you're not sure what it is. Well, the Holy Ghost will come in and help you pray. Amen. We'll bring to remembrance, give you things to, to pray for. And that's how the body helps its, its, uh, each other and itself. Because, because each part of the body, even though, you know, the body's huge, there's millions of people that make up the body of Christ worldwide. But, you know, this part of the body, if they're sensitive to God's spirit in their life, if somebody over here is hurting really bad and about to do something they're really going to regret and, you know, and, and, and God puts it on these part of the body and their heart to pray for that part of the body. Amen. And they don't even know who they're praying for or what their name is, but they just feel strong about praying for somebody for something. There's a burden on their heart. That's how it works. God will help us in our prayers. And the Holy Ghost gives us power to overcome sin. And overcome the evil one. Amen. Him and his cohorts. The devil and the demons. First John 4, 4 tells us, Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And that's, that's why we need the Holy Ghost in our life. Praise God. The Holy Ghost gives us power to be witnesses. You know, God asks us to be a witness. You are my witnesses. You know, I want you to go you know, tell about my power. Tell who I am you know, of my goodness. And and so he doesn't just leave us out there and, you know, all right, go ahead and do it. But he gives us power. He said, I'm going to send you a sheep among, sheep among wolves and be as be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. But he, he doesn't just leave us out there unprotected and defenseless. He gives us power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses everywhere. That's what, that's what Acts 1-8 says. The Holy Ghost will give us the right words to say when we need Him the most. And I don't know about you, and I've heard different testimonies over the years, um, even from, from some of you, that you, you, know, you were out talking to somebody or something happened, and they asked you something or something came up, and then words came out of your mouth that you didn't even know where they came from. Like you just, you, something came back 
Well, you know, God's not going to just give you air. Usually He's going to bring to remembrance something that you read about in the Bible, something you prayed about, something you studied already, and you might have forgot about it, but it's in your subconscious. And when it's really needed, He, he said, He goes, don't, don't even worry about what you're going to say in that hour because the Holy Ghost will give you the words to say when you need Him the most. So Holy Ghost is a pretty cool thing. It's a pretty needful thing in our lives as Christians. Amen. And the Holy Ghost will, uh, and that was Mark 13, 11, by the way. Give us words when we need them. And in, uh, and also in John 14, 26, it, it's, it says, He's our comforter. It says, He's our teacher. I already said that. And in a third thing in John 14, 26, the Holy Ghost it will bring uh, to remember, well, reveal things to us and bring to our remembrance the words of Jesus. So that's awesome. Amen. So, what is the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is a baptism. Amen. And we think, when we think baptism, we think of like water, but really the word baptism is, comes from the Greek to be submerged and completely covered and enveloped and surrounded. And so, like you are when we baptize in water, you go all the way under and you're completely surrounded and covered, you're buried in water. And when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you're completely covered and surrounded and, you know, and enveloped by the Spirit of God, inside and out. Amen. So it's a baptism, Acts 8, 11, 16. And the Holy Ghost is a gift. I think everybody likes gifts here, right? If I said, hey, I have a gift for you, you wouldn't just come up and like slap it out of my hand like, get away from me. It's like, what? No, I got a gift for you. You know? And what do you do when someone gives you a gift? You receive it, right? Amen. So, the Holy Ghost is a gift. Acts 2.38. Shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you repent, be baptized in His name. And the Holy Ghost is a promise. Acts 1.4. In fact, it was called the promise of the Father. Amen. And he, they told, he, 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 the, the apostles, when Jesus ascended up in Acts chapter one, and, uh, when they were asking if he was gonna, you know, uh, you know, restore the kingdom to Israel right now, he said, no, you don't need to know anything about that right now. He said, go wait, go tarry until you be endued with power from on high, until you get the promise. So just wait and seek after the promise of the Father that you were told about. And then you can start the church and get going and, and get things moving. But you need to receive that wonderful promise, which is a gift. Amen. So it's something we receive. Acts 19.2, we can receive it. We read that in our text verse. And it's something that we are filled with. Amen. Because remember, we're like the vessels uh, uh, in Matthew 25, those virgins with the vessels. You know, with just think of like an oil lamp like the old-fashioned oil lamps with the wick in there. You had to have oil. If you, did, if you light the wick without the oil, it just burns up. But if it's soaked with pre-soaked with oil, it'll just lay, light and last for a long time. We're filled with it, Acts 2.4. So the Holy Ghost is really, when we say, what is it? That's the, that's the beginning of the message. But when after all of these verses and all these things, we understand that it's not an it. The Holy Ghost is a who, and more specifically, a him. Amen. And, you know, when someone hears the term Holy Ghost, 
for the first time, they might be thrown off by the word ghost. Like, I don't want to be nowhere near a ghost. So I don't know. I'm, I'm out of this church. I don't, I don't deal with ghosts. But it's not like that, you know? I mean, it's, 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 uh, something wonderful. But you might be thrown off. But what you need to do is think of it in these terms. A ghost is the spirit of a departed one. Jesus came as God manifests in flesh, and He walked among us. He told His disciples that He would be going away, but that He would not leave them alone, that He would send another comforter to be with them. Read John 14, 16-18, and then 26. All right, thank you. So He said, I'm going to pray to the Father, and He should give you another comforter. Because see, He was the comforter right then. He was right there with them. You know, he, he laid by the fire with them. He taught with them. He was on the boat with them. He went everywhere with them. He was their comforter. And he said, I'm going to pray because he goes, I'm going away. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to pray that the Father will send you another comforter. But, but, but you, when you read on, you're going to understand that it's, it's not really another. It's just a different form of the same comforter that he may, may abide with you forever. There's even the spirit of truth. And he said, you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. In other words, you know, you, you know this comfort I'm talking about. It's really me. I'm with you. But in that day, I'm not just going to be side by your side. I'm going to be in you in spirit form. I will not leave you comfortless. That word comfortless also means orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So he's saying this comforters, I'm coming to you. Amen. And so uh, that's awesome. And so that, that comforter is coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Because we, you know, we say, well, what's, you know, what's the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? Well, Father's not a name. The Son's not a name. The Holy Ghost is not a name. Those are titles of relationship because I'm a father, I'm a son, and I'm a husband. But my name's Randy Bradley. And if I sign my check, Father, Son, Husband, it's going to bouncy, bouncy right, right out, the, out the door. And it's not going to go through the bank. Amen. But the name of the Father, Son, Husband is Randy Bradley. And the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, I'm coming my Father's name. And he received a more excellent name by inheritance. And we know what the name of the Son is. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And then you say, well, what's the name of the Holy Ghost? It doesn't seem like he has a name. Well, John 14, 26, I will send, my Father will send the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, in my name. It comes in the name of Jesus too. Amen. So the other comforter was none other than Jesus returning in spirit form to live inside the hearts of the believers. And this next verse proves that without a shadow of doubt, if you didn't already uh, believe that with the previous passage. Read John 16, verse 7. Amen. Now why is that? If I go not away, the comforter is not coming. It's because it's all arranged. I got to go so that he can come back, because it's really me coming back in spirit form, in the form of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And then uh, the next two verses kind of just put the, you know, the icing on the cake with the cherry on top, proving that the Holy Ghost really is Jesus in us. Amen. Read 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now,
Now the Lord is that Spirit, talking about the Spirit, and the, and if you read up uh, earlier in chapter 3, it's talking about Jesus, talking about Christ, it's talking about, so it keeps on with the same, and it says, so now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, and now we're closing with this verse, and then we'll open it up to any questions if you might have any. Colossians 1.27. Amen, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What is the Holy Ghost? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. You see, because I can prove by the Bible that all three, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, are living inside of us when we receive the Spirit. Now, that seems like a big crowded situation. I don't know how they're all in there. It's, you know, it's like, hey, you guys, don't, don't fight amongst yourselves. It's not, not a whole lot of room in there or whatever. But, you know, you know, the Bible says that the Father is in us in Ephesians. Amen. One God and Father of all who is in us all. You know, it says, you know, Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. So there's all three can, I can prove are living inside. So, but really we're talking about H2O. We're talking about one God invisible, indivisible, manifesting himself in different ways. So when you have God inside of you, you have it all. Amen. Because Jesus is not part of a Godhead. The Bible says the Godhead is in Jesus. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. So when he's in you, you got all, everything in you too. Amen. Not just a part of this or a third of that. You got it all. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.